Welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Get your costumes on, bags in hand, and trick-or-treat. It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another spectacular edition of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And happy Halloween once again, as we are into week two of our ninth annual Not-So-Scary Month-Long Halloween Celebration, where all month long we're going to bring you frights, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and all kinds of Halloween fun as we celebrate our ninth annual event here at Diz Radio. And to help us celebrate the event, we're welcoming back somebody here to the show that you know very well. He's from a town that we all want to visit. Halloween Town, as we have none other than Daniel Coons, you know as Cal, from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. As Daniel's going to stop in, relive those fond memories of working on Halloween Town 2, the way it has grown in such a cult status, his current doings, workings, his favorite things to do during Halloween, his favorite Halloween movies, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete and no celebration would be complete without the D-Team. And you have the questions, he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have the latest from music and all kinds of spooky fun for Halloween season with Charles in the Magical Music Review. We have This Week in Disney History with Jeremy, as well as the wonderful Women of Disney with our very own Caitlin. And let's not forget the latest in Disney multimedia apps and more with Randy with Disney Multimedia. There is all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from the Disney Channel, the Disney Store, Disney XD, Walt Disney World, Disneyland and so much more. So all kinds of fun as we continue on with our Halloween festivities all month long here at the show. So before we jump into that, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, hold your hand, walk you through the process, treat you like family, and make your Disney vacation the best that it could possibly be, making it the most magical. Best thing, they are absolutely free, award-winning, and they have bilingual experts experts to help you with any language barriers that you might have. So definitely check them out, Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, as you can tell, it's my favorite time of year. I am excited. We are well into October with our second week into our Halloween celebration. So let's officially kick off show number 224 for the week of October 10th, 2019. And I am excited for more Halloween fun. One more ghost there 
and shapes and species, some of them downright weird, could live apart from the real world in peace and harmony. So, after we saved Halloween Town, Grandma decided to leave her comfy house there and live with our family in the mortal world. Now, it's Halloween night again, the only night we can pass freely between Halloween Town and our world. I'm thinking about Halloween Town. I wonder how it's changed. Surprises and wearing disguises, a horribly hideous costume will do. Better be wary, be spooky and scary. I'll bounce from the shadows and boom! I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The thrilling and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Unspeakable, spookables, awful, unlookables, gallop, but ghosties and goblins galore. What if they find you or look out behind you? A terrible tiger type roar! That would be me. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Now, tiggers, I figure, make scares even bigger. They dress up and scream, who am I? Can you guess? And tricks always happen when ghosts are a-flapping and tricks are what tiggers like best. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. <laughs> and who better? Oh, by the way, boo. Hi, I'm Larry Bagby, or Ernie, I mean Ice. And I'm here with Jay, I mean Tobias, Jelenic. And you're listening to what? <laughs> you're listening to Disney on Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, uh, uh, I don't know what the hell that was. to hang up, Jonathan, just hang up. <laughs> Hi, I'm L-A-R-R-Y. It's time, D-Heads, for a Disney Halloween treat. The annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration, only on DizRadio.com. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 224 for the week of October 10th, 2019, as we are continuing on with our ninth annual Diz Radio Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration, where all month long we bring you the frights, the ghouls, the goblins, and all kinds of spooky fun to celebrate the Halloween season. And this week we are heading back to Halloween Town as we have a returning guest here at the show in Daniel Coons. You know him as Cal from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, and Daniel's going to stop in, relive some great memories from being on the set of Halloween Town 2, all the fans, the cult status, and so much more. We also have the D-team here with Aaron, Charles, Jeremy, Caitlin, and Randy, and all kinds of fun. So before I jump into the news hot off the D-wire and a couple of announcements for all of you D-heads out there, specifically for you, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. 
DizRadioShow.com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search DizRadio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand. All three of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, ghoulishly, frightfully fun different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, it's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand, hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released every single week on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing, and listen to the shows instantly as soon as they get released. And if you can't remember any of this, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and there you can find all these links there as well. Finally, all of you D-Heads, that's out of the way, and it's time to press on to the show, show number 224. But first, let's start with a little bit of an announcement for all of you D-Heads out there. We have two different things going on. One is going to be a pumpkin carving contest. So stay tuned very soon for that to get posted on the official website at DizRadio.com, and the prize is going to be a $250 Disney Store gift card. So it's going to be a fun one. Next item for business, we're looking for D-Team. If you want to get involved here at the show, we're looking for on-air personalities. We're looking for writers, bloggers, even vloggers here at the show. We have a full plethora of positions we are looking to fill here at Diz Radio. So if you are looking to get involved with the show as we approach our 10-year anniversary in 2020 and you want to get involved, just drop us a line at DizRadio at gmail.com. You can also find this email on the homepage as well. Drop us a line and get involved here at the show. We're looking to expand the D-Team and add all kinds of fun here at the show, especially in time for our Christmas season and next year for our 10-year anniversary. So drop us that line at DizRadio at gmail.com. All right, LVD heads, with that said, it is time to push into the news hot off the D-wire. And of course, it is the Halloween season and the Halloween fun. So I'll give you the Halloween news at the tail end of this. But let's jump into something for a little bit of uh, drinking and fun and a little bit of living for all of you D-heads out there. And how about the Beauty and the Beast bar is now open at the Walt Disney World Resort. That's right, Walt Disney World's much buzzed about. New hot spot is finally open for business. After months of anticipation, the Enchanted Rose of Beauty and the Beast themed bar and lounge at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa welcome guests for the first time this last Monday. While not necessarily an in-your-face homage to the film, the new spot is separated into four distinct areas that you may recognize, each with certain touches that tie together to the theme. There's the main bar, which takes its inspiration from Belle's flowing ball gown, as well as many others, including illuminated dramatic chandeliers serving as the centerpieces, a formal library with the classic Baroque designs and French furnishings inspired by the garden room, and as well as many drawing its inspiration from the enchanted forest surrounding Beast's castle. So it's not an in-your-face like Gaston's Tavern. It's more of a... Uh, it's It's more insinuated and it's there and it has a feel of Beauty and the Beast. Now some of the specialty cocktails are the star of the menu most definitely. An extensive list that includes two that are shaken by table side and a section dedicated just to martinis. There's also three non-alcoholic mocktail options as well so if you want to go to the bar you can still get something as well, wet your whistle and have some fun there as well. Now the food is very limited because it is a place just to hang out get a drink, and socialize. So the food is limited 
into eight different small plates, including crab, as well as truffle fries, short rib sliders, and many others as well. And you can even get some caviar that goes for about $95 if you're looking to get some caviar into your system for the full experience. Now the new spot is located on the second floor of the Grand Floridian and it is just right there for you to go up there, have some fun, and it is open. Now while the Enchanted Rose is accessible to anyone, even those that don't have a park ticket, park goers in the Magic Kingdom can get in as well. It is something that you, you know, you want to make sure that if you are going to go there, it's going to be worth your time because right now it is highly popular, very, very full, and very, very busy. But it is going to be fun, and, uh, you know, check it out. It, it, it definitely is going to be fun. Check it out, the Enchanted Rose, the Beauty and the Beast-themed bar and lounge at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. Now, let's get into something that I am very familiar with because we have them all over by the DOD 76 Studios here at Diz Radio and Portillo's. And Portillo's is set to open a location near Walt Disney World. Now, Portillo's, the Chicago-style hot dog eatery, is opening its first-ever Orlando-area restaurant. Now, as I mentioned, I've been eating at Portillo's for years. And even though it says hot dogs, I'm more of a fan of their burgers. I love their burgers way better. And, of course, also, uh, you know, their chocolate cake milkshakes. And when I say chocolate cake, it just doesn't taste like chocolate cake. They literally ground a chocolate cake into the milkshake. It's fantastic. Now, Portillo's is set to open its first ever Orlando area restaurant. And the restaurant is going to be located in the Lake Buena Vista area near Disney. And the menu is going to include hot dogs, sandwiches, burgers. And the restaurant will be located right at the intersection of Palm Parkway and Daryl Carter Boulevard, which is near SeaWorld and Disney World. Now, the 7,800 square foot restaurant will be part of the Unicorps Village at the O-Town West development. So it's going to be in the hot spot right there. You're going to Disney World, you're going to SeaWorld, you name it, you can heat one up, get one at Portillo's on your way into the park. Now, yes, it isn't in Disney Springs, but I had to announce this one because it's close enough to the resort. You're going to want to venture out. You don't want to pay the high prices of anything else in the area. This is going to be fun. Now, this will be the third Florida location for Portillo's, which also has locations in Tampa and Brandon. I highly suggest checking it out. I've been eating there for years, and they are delicious. Now, moving right along, let's get into a Disney classic that's going to have something slightly new. And we talked about this maybe about a year ago here at the show. But how about the Rocketeer? Yes, we all love the Rocketeer, the cult 1993 Disney movie, right? We all love it. But Disney Junior's The Rocketeer is premiering Friday, November 8th on the Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and the Disney Now app. Now, Disney Junior's The Rocketeer, a new comedy animated adventure series featuring a young girl named Kit Sikord, is going to take to the skies and protect her community after becoming the surprise recipient of a rocket pack that gives her the ability to fly. And it's going to premiere on Friday, November 8th on Disney Channel and Disney Junior, as I mentioned. Now, it is inspired by Dave Stevens' beloved superhero comic books and the Walt Disney Pictures featured film that we all loved as well. Now, the film series stars Kitana Turnbull, who we all know from a series of unfortunate events as Kit, and Billy Campbell and Kathy Jimmy, who we all know from Hocus Pocus, as her parents as Dave and Serena Sicord. Now, Campbell is best known for starring as Cliff Sicord in the Rocketeer film. So that's the thing that is going to be awesome, right? I mean, we have a full connection right there 
to the original Rocketeer film. Now set in the idyllic small town of Hughesville, each episode of the Rocketeer is comprised of two 11-minute stories that follow Kit as she embarks on high-flying adventures to help save her community and its residents from trouble, usually brought on by the many uh, comedy villains who will be featured throughout the series. As with most superheroes, Kit has a team to help pull off all of her heroic adventures and keep her identity hidden from the masses. Her best friend Tesh serves as the ground control when Kit takes to the skies, as well as the inventor of the high-tech gadgets and upgrades for her rocket pack. And her grandfather, Ambrose Accord, works at the airport and serves as her mechanic. Also along for the ride is Kit's loyal bulldog, Butch. Now in the premiere episode, Kit is going to receive a surprise package on her birthday containing the Rocketeer's helmet, which Grandpa Ambrose immediately recognizes as belonging to the famed superhero. With that, he unveils the rocket pack which he was told to hang on to until the next Rocketeer was chosen. As Kit learns the ropes of flying high superhero, Grandpa Ambrose and Tesh help with her training. Now this is going to be a fun one. It is going to be a great series, learning for many kids, and it's a great way to keep the Rocketeer alive. I mean, come on, do we really want to see a reboot of the Rocketeer film? Probably not. Do we want to just hang on to that nostalgia of the one we know and love? Yes, and this is a way to keep it going and keep it fun. Now, the series is developed and executive produced by seven-time Emmy Award-winning nominee Nicole Dubach, who's done Transformers Rescue Bots, and Michael Kenny, who's done Disney's Miles from Tomorrowland. So there are some great people behind this series. I expect some great big things to be coming. So Disney Channel, Disney Junior, the Disney Now app, the Rocketeer is going to be premiering on Friday, November 8th on all of those outlets. Now, since we are talking about, you know, Disney Channel and TV shows and all those kinds of fun things, how about one that could fit in the vein for Halloween? It could fit in the vein for, you know, our not-so-scary Halloween fun. And Gabby Duran and the Incitables the first season. Now, Gabby Duran and the Incitables is a live-action comedy series that is starting on the Disney Channel tomorrow on Friday, October 11th. Now, it is inspired by the novel written by Elise Allen and Daryl Connors. Now, it is centered around a great character that everybody is gonna love named Gabby Duran, who has constantly led an unassuming life under the shadows of her highly successful mom and extremely talented younger sister. However, she gets the chance to prove herself when she receives an assignment to babysit a group of unruly alien kids. Yes, you heard me right, alien kids. Now, Gabby must use this opportunity to prove that she is the best babysitter in the galaxy. She also must protect the extraterrestrial children from their secret identities since they're living on Earth disguised as humans. Now, Gabby Duran and the Incitables is going to be a great series. Now, here's the thing. The series is headlined by a YouTuber actress and musician, Kylie Cantrell. Now, she stars as the protagonist, Gabby Duran, a daring, smart, and resourceful 13-year-old girl who jumps in to take up the challenges as well. Now, she has a huge YouTube following. Since she was about nine, she has done a YouTube channel and gained almost 80 thousand viewers and subscribers in a short period of time. So it makes sense to have her jump right into this as a leading role for Disney Channel. 
Now, this is going to be a fun series. Lately, Disney Channel's live series have been pretty fun. I mean, Coop and Cammy, that is a great, funny sitcom. I mean, there's been some really good ones that have been on the air as of recently that just make you laugh, make you fun. You can sit down as a family and enjoy these together. And Gabby Duran and the Incitables is one of those as well. And the season premiere is tomorrow, October 11th at 9 p.m. So get ready. It is going to be a fun one. Now, moving along here, let's get to Disneyland a little bit. And how about Disneyland set to open the Avengers Campus next year? Yes, now we can officially say Avengers Assemble. Because Disney California Adventure in Anaheim is going to open their all-new resort called the Avengers Campus next year. Now, over a few weekends ago, during the D23 Expo of 2019, Disney announced Marvel fans could walk around the newest resort and interact with characters like Black Widow, the Wasp, Doctor Strange, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and superheroes from Wakanda, Asgard, and Iron Man. Now, one experience outlined by Disney is a building that will let visitors test out the web-slinging type-style vehicle and taste what it's like to have superpowers. And visitors will also get a chance to help out Peter Parker gather several Spider-Bots that will have run amok. Now, Disney also announced that there will be a restaurant called the Pim Test Kitchen. Now, the restaurant will serve dishes that are either tiny or large, a nod to the comic book character Ant-Man, and if you are familiar with the comic books, he also becomes Giant Man as well. Now, the park also announced Disney is working on Phase 2 of the Avengers Campus. Now, this will allow the theme park visitors to battle along with the Avengers and take on powerful villains. Now, this continues with Disney's take on Marvel, and we know that many of these Marvel things aren't going to come to the resort in Florida, since Universal holds those rights for attractions in Florida. But for Disneyland, get ready for the Avengers Campus to really hit the seas, hit the ground running, and you can have your superhero fun next year at California Adventure. Moving along here, how about something that we all struggle with and time management? Yes, time management is always a big issue. And how about an all-new time management book by former Disney executive Lee Cockerell, ensuring people that uh, keep their whole life under control? Now, there's an all-new book release called Time Management Magic, how to get more done every day and move from surviving to thriving by Lee Cockerell. And it's a guide that can help bring control and balance to the reader's lives. Now, the Time Management Magic was written for anyone struggling to find enough time in their professional and personal lives. Now, you can learn the system from Lee Cockerell of Orlando, who used to run operations at Hilton, Marriott, and Disney. It's not magic that makes it work. It's the way that you work that makes the magic, just like at Disney World, as he has stated. An unbalanced life can discourage many people from following their dreams and achieving their goals. And often these people feel as if they don't have enough time in their schedule to dedicate to these dreams, leaving them either completely stressed out or unwilling to even try. However, time management can help and we can help bring that magic to life. So this is going to be a good one. Time management magic is simply not about scheduling one's time the most effective way, but instead about taking control of each areas of your life. Now, it was written by the retired executive vice president of Walt Disney World. The content of time management magic comes from years of invaluable experience and corporate training. Now, time management magic also fosters growth in all areas of your life and ways so readers can think about their own time differently. And Lee Cockerell really breaks this down in a way for everyone to understand and have fun and fully immerse themselves in ways to just make your dreams come to life. Definitely check it out. Time management magic. It's, it's definitely going to be a book that you want to read. So 
with that said, all of you D-heads, I am going to say it is Halloween. It's Halloween fun. It's our ninth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. So go out there and watch some of the classics. We have Halloween Town 2 this week here at the show. Yes, as we have Daniel Kuhn stopping in, Cal from Calabar's Revenge stopping in. Watch the Halloween Town franchise. Watch The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. How about Hocus Pocus? Or let's go back to the early 80s in the Disney Company with Something Wicked This Way Comes. There's also Fuzz Bucket, Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, uh, Something's Under the Bed, Can of Worms, uh, Under Wraps, Twitches, I, I could go on and on, Invisible Sister, Girl vs. Monster, the list could go on and on. There's a lot of great Disney Channel original movies, movies that got released in theaters. Just go out there, have fun, and make the magic all month long. This weekend, we're going to fill our car with pumpkins here at the Diz Radio Studios. Yes, we do our annual Filling Our Car with Pumpkins, as you all know. This year, we're shooting to get 150 in there. I will definitely post pictures after it's done, and let's see if we can make that happen. So with that said, I'm going to end news here. We're going to press on with the show. As I already mentioned, we have Daniel Coons, Cal from Calabar's Revenge, Halloween Town 2, stopping in here very shortly. We also have the D-Team stopping in with Aaron answering all your questions and I want to know. We have Charles with the Magical Music Review. We have Jeremy with This Week in Disney History. We also have Caitlin with her all-new segment, The Wonderful Women of Disney. We have Randy with Disney Multimedia and so much more. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're award-winning, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, treat you like family, and make your vacation the most magical and simple to plan that it could possibly be. They're award-winning, and they will treat you, as I mentioned, like family. They will walk you through that process and keep it simple and magical. Definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, it is time to press on, continue on with our ninth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween month-long celebration. So let's press on for show number 224 for the week of October 10th, 2019. I knew there was no more firm believing in spooks and goblins than superstitious Ichabod Crane. <laughs> now gather round while I elucidate on what happens outside when it gets late. Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for their nightly jamborees. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes, and some with fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and thin, and some don't even bother to wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on in the night. Have a midnight jamboree They break it up with fiendish glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed Is the headless horseman, he's the worst When he goes a-jogging across the land Holding his noggin in his hand Demons take one look and groan And hit the road for parts unknown There's no rat like a spook that's burned They don't like him and he's really burned Swears through the longest day he's dead He'll show them that he can get ahead Oh, 
Oh, close all the windows, lock the doors Unless you're careful, he'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause he'll flip your top if it'll fit And he likes them little, likes them big Park in the middle or a wig Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head with a hip Hip and clippity-clop He's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man Picture, if you will, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror But with a difference Prepare yourself for a thrilling new climax That's faster, longer, and more terrifying Than ever before Because nothing's ever the way you expect it in the twilight zone. Challenge the new Tower of Terror only at the Disney MGM Studios. Greetings, D-heads! My name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider-Pan. I'll explain later. Uh, Welcome to Great Moments in History, but only the Disney parts. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. The hotel had hosted several parties at the Tip Top Club on the 13th floor, which is odd for a hotel with 12 floors. The Tip Top Club was a club that was exclusive to the Hollywood Tower Hotel and its guests. The club is on an unmarked 13th floor of the hotel. It housed a small orchestra that would perform big band-style music such as Sing Sing Sing, originally by Benny Goodman. The orchestra is led by Anthony Fremont. According to an advertisement in the lobby of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, previously the Tip Top Club had featured the artistic stylings of the Silver Lake Sisters. The club was open for the last time October 31st, 1939. The band was supposed to feature Claire Poulet on Halloween, but she never made it to the party. The Hollywood Tower Hotel featured many activities and places for their guests to relax and unwind such as the Stardust Room in the mezzanine, the High Society Suite penthouse, billiards on the lobby level, a lounge on the lobby level, and a library on the lobby level. The lower level featured a basement, a sunset room, the Beverly Room, and the Fountain Room, steam baths, a gift shop, and of course at the top of the tower, the Tip Top Club. The Tip Top Club along with the rest of the hotel closed sometime following the events of Halloween 1939 when Dwight Todd, son of founder and CEO of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, Hugh Todd, vanished without a trace along with the hotel's most reputable guest, Sally Shine, her nanny Emmeline Partridge, aspiring singer Carolyn Crossan, and actor Gilbert London. All five of these people stepped aboard the elevator on Halloween night 1939 and, due to a lightning strike, mysteriously vanished along with the hotel's wing. The lightning left behind a black scorch mark, and after the word had gotten around that the guests had vanished, the hotel was declared defunct. The mystery was covered by various media sources, such as Newsview. 
The magazine News View's tagline is The Magazine of Time and cost only 10 cents. Now, some say a man named Buzzy Crocker, a journalist that was fired from the Los Angeles Banner, where his girlfriend Jill worked as the editor, because he published a news story which turned out to be fake. So now he ended up writing for a supermarket tabloid, the National Inquisitor, with the help of his young niece Anna, with whom Buzzy is close friends. An elderly woman named Abigail Gregory came to visit Buzzy and explained that on Halloween 1939, she was a witness to this bizarre incident in the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Now, supposedly the hotel was haunted by these ghosts, and after a little bit of an adventure, they discovered that Abigail was the sister of Sally Shine, and she was secretly jealous of her younger sister's talent and fame. And although Halloween was Abigail's birthday, no one seemed to have remembered. No presents, no party, and Abigail was the one who cursed her sister. Abigail has been in a sanitarium ever since, but was allowed out on a day release. Now, Abigail met up with the ghost of her sister and found out that there was a surprise party planned for her at the Tip Top Club. But... They never made it up to that party, which is the one we mentioned before with Claire was supposed to be performing at. The sisters made up and broke the curse. Just as Buzzy and some friends were trapped in the curse, renewed, and the elevators that they were riding in the Tower Hotel were plummeting towards the basement and certain death. But by ending the curse, everything was restored and all the spirits left in the hotel are supposedly free. But I don't believe that. I think if you still walked into that hotel and got onto that elevator, you may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone. And that's your Disney history for this week. As a reminder, my name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider Pan, and I can be found over at NeverlandPodcast.com, where I host my own podcast every week, where we talk about Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, just about anything, and even sometimes go beyond Disney. We frequently say to Disney and beyond. We also say to keep your pixie in your pocket, but to find out more about that, you'll just have to check out the show. I can also receive email from you at SpiderPan at DizRadio.com. So feel free to let me know of something important that you think I should talk about in Disney history.
Tim Rose here. I've been in such things as Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, uh, Return of the Jedi, Return to Oz, a lot of those old animatronic pictures from the 80s and early 90s. I'd just like to say that you are here listening to Disney On Demand, and I hope you're enjoying it. I had just finished directing a movie called Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, for the Disney Channel. And they asked me immediately if I'd come on board and take on this project called Don't Look Under the Bed. And every time I see it, it's still makes me happy that I was able to do it. None of us who were involved with the film had any idea that it was uh, going to be the first PG Disney picture. They, they had decided to run a little disclaimer at the beginning, uh, sort of saying portions of this may not be suitable for the youngest viewers. Because as a director, I was eager to, to make it spooky and creepy and scary, but not terrifying, you know. Uh, the boogeyman himself in our earliest uh, uh, concept drawings that Sharon did was really sort of a, a very dark, crow-like creature that you really couldn't see much except eyes and darkness, you know. And we all decided, no, we better go in a different direction like that. And we started looking at some old um, English drawings of boogeyman-type characters. And let's also have him speak in, in rhymed couplets so that he's always, all of his dialogue is, uh, is got a little poetic quality to it and it's a little more lighthearted. And when we cast Steve Valentine, that's exactly the qualities that Steve brought to it. It was wonderful. After we had set Aaron Chambers to be our Francis, we began looking for who was going to be the imaginary friend uh, of Darwin, Larry. And a number of fine young actors came in to read for me. But the one who just blew us away 
was this guy named Eric Hodges. Ty was his, his nickname, Ty. And the character was not written for any particular color. Uh, and Ty happened to be an African-American. And I thought, this, it's great. I mean, he was the right actor. You know, I said, this is the guy we should have. And Disney really loved him too, and absolutely agreed. And we were already filming, and I got a call one day on the set from somebody at Disney that said, what are you gonna do about the very end of the movie? And I said, oh, what are you talking about? And he said, well, there's a kiss at the end of the movie where Larry kisses Francis. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, um, how do we say this politely? She's white and he's not. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, I said, guys, it's like, the end of the 20th century here, um, what's the problem? Uh, but they, they had some concern about uh, some of the Southern affiliates, uh, particularly, not being happy about that. And I said, it's, a, it's an important moment in the piece because it's where Francis gets a little kiss on the lips from, from Larry and begins to think, oh, maybe I'm more grown up than I thought I was. It's sort of her first moment of stepping into the next phase of adolescence. You know, and I really talked to the Disney folks about it and they came back to me and said, you know what, you're right. This should not be an issue. And I was so proud of Disney to let me have the ending be the way that it needed to be where uh, the boy kissed the girl regardless of what color they were. Uh, was probably really the most rewarding aspect of, uh, of doing the movie. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of Want to Know. Well, fall is officially here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm loving the cooler weather. I'm off to the woods this week with Eli's Boy Scout troop to do some camping. That campfire is going to feel real great this weekend. Hope all you D-heads enjoyed the first of our not-so-scary Halloween shows. We are thrilled to be back. Y'all been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual coffin and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Colleen Graytons of Houston, Texas, and she writes, Diz Radio, for the not-so-scary Halloween shows, I have a question about the Disney Channel movie Watcher in the Woods. This is certainly one of the scariest Disney movies from the 1980s. I heard on a board somewhere that this film was really changed after it was screened. Do you know anything about it? Well, The Watcher in the Woods is a 1980 supernatural horror film. Based on the 1976 novel by Florence Engel Randall, the film tells the story of a teenage girl and her little sister who became encompassed in a supernatural mystery regarding a missing girl in the woods surrounding their new home in the English countryside. Filmed at Pinewood Studios and the surrounding areas in Buckinghamshire, England, The Watcher in the Woods was one of several live-action films produced by Walt Disney Productions in the 1980s when the studio was targeting young adult audiences. The film's original intended ending featured an appearance by the Growling Watcher, a skeletal insectoid alien which picks Jane up in the chapel and disappears. At this point, the two are supposed to fly across an alien landscape to the Watcher's crippled spacecraft. Inside, Karen was trapped in a pyramidal prism. Jane reached out to Karen, and when the two embraced, they were teleported back to the chapel. The girls then returned to the manor, Mrs. Aylwood and her daughter were reunited. As they walk arm in arm, 
Jane explains everything to Ellie. The Watcher, who was switched with Karen by accident during the eclipse, needed Jane to free the girl. The visual effects for the other world scenes were not finished in time for the release because the film was rushed out to coincide with Betty Davis's 50th anniversary as a film actor in 1980. She was first hired by Universal in 1930. Rather than finish the existing effect shots, Disney opted to rewrite and reshoot the ending, toning down the references to the occult. The first official theatrical ending, which was shown in the film's brief 1980 screening in New York City, featured only part of the original ending, eliminating the other world sequence and replacing it with Helen's interrogation of Tom, Mary, and John at the chapel after Jane disappears during their reenactment of the seance. It did, however, include the appearance of the alien creature as it picks up Jane and disappears into thin air. While Helen is questioning everyone in the chapel, Jane reappears and emerges from a beam of light hand-in-hand -hand with Karen. The girl returns to the house where Mrs. Aylwood and Karen are reunited in the front yard and Jane discusses the Watcher with Ellie. This ending forced the film to rely on Jane's brief, cryptic explanation to provide closure. This conclusion to The Watcher in the Woods was nearly unintelligible as a result, thus giving the film the reputation of not having an ending. It also omitted Miss Aylwood's condemnation of recreating the seance on the basis that it was witchcraft. After critical backlash during the film's limited theatrical run in New York in April 1980, the film was pulled from theaters after just 10 days, and reshoots of its ending began in the late spring of 1980. Due to the 1980 actor strike, Davis was unable to return to England to film reshoots, so her additional footage was shot in California. The 1981 theatrical release is the official version of the film and can be found on DVD release of The Watcher in the Woods. In this third official ending, the reimagined Watcher, an ectoplasmic pillar of light, was less threatening and more supernatural. The nature of Karen and the Watcher's switch was clearly explained by Ellie in the chapel. In addition to the replaced ending, the film's opening sequence was also changed. Originally, the opening credits sequence was played after a sequence in which a young girl playing in the woods encounters the Watcher who strikes her doll with a blue beam of light, incinerating it. Though critical response to the film was varied, and included numerous unfavorable reviews, the film went on to garner a cult following in the years following its release. A television remake of the same name was released in 2017. Well, our next question is from Michael Klosky of Indiana, and he writes, Aaron, glad to have you back on the air. Questions for you on Disney Channel original movies. I love them since they are more true to classic Disney Sunday night movies than anything. I recall one about a boogeyman or something coming to terrorize a family. I kept getting Under Wraps or Mr. Boogity and a few others. I know those are not it. Anything else it could be or maybe not even Disney. Well, I think the movie you're remembering is called Don't Look Under the Bed. It was released on October 9th, 1999 as a Disney Channel original movie. A teen enlists the help of an imaginary friend named Larry Houdini to deal with a prank-playing boogeyman who's framing her for his dastardly deeds. 
It was the second Disney Channel original movie to receive a TV PG rating due to its scary scenes. Disney wanted it to be scary, but not too scary. That's the bar they kept trying to find. They thought they had hit it until they started getting derogatory mail after it aired. Disney Channel ultimately stopped airing the film at the request of parents who thought it was just too scary. The film is available to watch for free on Disney Now for the Halloween season, along with several of the Disney Channel original movie Spooky Movies. Our final question is from longtime D-head Sharon Quentin of Phoenix, Arizona, and she writes, Music is what makes Halloween fun, and Diz Radio always has the best Halloween music. So glad y'all are back. Aaron, since I'm talking about music, I know there was a Halloween CD many years ago with Pooh on the cover. But someone told me there was a newer one with newer songs. Do you know what it is? Can't find it at any Walmart or store. Well, the CD you're looking for is called Disney Spooky Halloween Collection, released in 2017. It has such songs on it as Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid, Evil Like Me from Descendants, and Oogie Boogie Song from Nightmare Before Christmas. It's available for purchase on Amazon and Walmart. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and pleasant dreams. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight when my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it caught on in a flash he did the mash he did the monster mash from my laboratory Awesome east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Jack's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid, shook his fist and said, Hey, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the Monster Mash. And it's a graveyard smash. Caught on in a flash. Get out of your coffins now, you one. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Oh, the monster mash. It's the 
Monster Mash. Again. Don't be shy. You now know there's nothing to fear. So come back for Halloween next year. Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Hey D-Heads, it's Chaz here with another Magical Music Review. Today we're going to talk about Grim Grinning Ghost, the theme song to The Haunted Mansion. And uh, I find it odd that Disneyland decides to take it out of the mansion when it comes to Halloween because it's such a good Halloween song. It's still available in the other parks, but Disneyland chooses to do Nightmare Before Christmas during the Halloween season, which I find odd, but I'm still okay with. But with that, let's talk about the song itself. Grim Grinning Ghost was written by Buddy Baker for the melody and the legendary Disney Imagineer Ex Atencio, Xavier, legend of Disney and just a massive Imagineer that had to do with everything in Disneyland pretty much, uh, wrote the lyrics and, um, uh, I've heard that the music itself, when it's played on an organ, was played in reverse and then switched to kind of give it that weird, not really connected to what you would sound like normally vibe. I've never been able to find uh, evidence of this, but I have heard that several times, and I find that interesting that um, they would use different techniques to, to come up with ways to make it kind of just unsettling. The title for the song, Grim Grinning Coast, actually comes from a William Shakespeare's poem, uh, Venus and Adonis, in towards the last of the uh, refrains, uh, there's a line that says, Grim Grinning Ghost, Earth's Worms, What Dost Thou Mean? Uh, and that's the original appearance of Grim Grinning Ghost, apparently. Um, it is played throughout the entire Haunted Mansion, but it goes through different uh, variations, if you will. Um, it's on a loop, so every room you're in in the mansion has it from beginning to end, though there's no real end because it just continues to play, much like a song in uh, It's a Small World. There's It's a continual loop. It picks up where it ends off. There's no real start. You can find the start when you like play it on a record or... Uh, mp3 there's obviously a start to the song but if you're frozen on the ride at Disneyland or Disney World or wherever you may be you won't hear an end to the song it will just loop back on itself because it was masterfully crafted in that way that it doesn't really have an end you can 
jump into it and jump out of it at any point and you don't really know if you hit the beginning or end but it has a specific sound when you're in the foyer it has a specific sound in the load area or the stretching room and in the ballroom it has a sound and it even plays in the background of the science circle just and the graveyard you know that's where you get the full effect with all the voices and everything and everybody singing it uh, specifically the memorable voice of Thurl's Ravencroft singing uh, known as the uh, Tony the Tiger he also voiced the uh, he sung not voiced he sung the song in uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and he's one of the five singing busts in the graveyard but he's the most well known is Thurl's Ravencroft Thurl Ravenscroft. Goodness. Um, but it is a wonderful, wonderful song. Um, just take a minute and read some of the lyrics because it's masterfully crafted. Um, it's all about just ghosts and haunts coming and enjoying their time, really. The entire point of the ballroom scene of the Haunted Mansion and the graveyard, I guess, is the haunts and ghosts coming and just enjoying their time. It's wonderful. Um, <coughs> the uh, the song does occasionally make it into uh, fireworks shows. So though you can't hear the the song during Halloween time in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, you do get to hear it in the Halloween Screams fireworks show. So, I mean, there's a plus. <laughs> It's just uh, really a wonderful, wonderful song. And there's not really a lot that I could talk about it without going deep into the music and the lyrics. I mean, I could tell you all about like the chord progression from A minor to B to A minor to B sharp to A minor and go on for who knows how long about just what chords there are. But... That's not really the point here. It's just to enjoy the song. So take a moment out of your day or your week. Go on Spotify or wherever you have music and listen to Grim Grinning Ghosts. And just enjoy it for what it is. It's a perfect Halloween song, even though it does get taken out of Disneyland during Halloween. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach out to me at my email, which is chaz at disradio.com. That's C-H-A-Z at disradio.com. And until next time, don't just fly, soar. And the tombstones wake. Spooks come out for a swinging wake. Happy haunts materialize. Can we get to vocalize? Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Or a silly spook racing by your side. Shrouded in a damn sky. Say if we can to terrorize. Grim grinning ghosts. Come out to socialize. <laughs> <laughs> As the moon climbs high over 
dead old trees. Boots are right for the midnight spree. Creepy creeps with weary eyes. Start to shrink and harmonize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell. When your clothes clean, wear spirits well. Restless bones it Come out to socialize. Rip when you ghost, come out to socialize. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper and their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Hi, uh, I'm Alex. This is my son Cal. We just moved in down the street and we heard about your party. Oh, well, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm Gwen, and this is my daughter, Marnie. Hi. If all witches were as pretty as you, they'd uh, have a better reputation. Oh, thanks. Can I put those in the freezer for you? Oh, uh, whatever you want. They're, they're for you. Uh, uh, for the party. I hope you like lime. Green's my favorite color. Okay. Uh, is the rest of your family coming, too? Oh, it's just me and Cal. Oh, well, lime is good. Good. Um, I've got some scoops over here. Let me help you. <laughs> That's Cindy. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, it's a little crowded in here. You want to give me a tour? Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue on with our ninth annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration, where all month long we're bringing you all kinds of spooky fun and tidbits, we're bringing somebody back here to the show. Somebody that's been a past guest that you know. He's a little bit of a warlock, knows a little bit of magic, and of course, has a very big cult status following here. We have none other than Daniel Kuntz here. You know him as Cal from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. Welcome back to Diz Radio. Thanks very much for having me, Jonathan. It is our pleasure having you back on once again. I mean, you know, Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, the entire series, it just continues to grow into cult status. Now, you know, it was probably about five years ago the last time we had you on the show. And, you know, back then, you know, it, it, it had a cult status. But now it just continues to grow and grow and grow. I guess right now, thick of Halloween season, I guess, have you seen Halloween Town, the entire franchise, just continue to flourish now with this crazy cult following? I have. It seems like every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, the funny thing is, is uh, when we had originally done the movies, everybody loved them and stuff, and the, the kids that watched it were kids, but now it's been long enough to where all those kids are grown up, and they have kids of their own, a lot of them, so they're getting to show the next generation Halloween Town stuff, and that with the internet and all of that fun stuff that's come out since we filmed them, like it, it just spreads like wildfire on all of the various social media platforms. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it's one of those things where, like you said, you know, it continues to grow. I mean, I myself, 
you know, I, I got to say, I'm one of those people where I have passed it on to my children as well. And it's it's become a Halloween staple in our house as well, where, you know, if you're not watching Halloween Town, you're watching Hocus Pocus or you're watching Headless Horseman. It's one of those three. It's just the way it is. Now, I guess with that, over the years, you know, everybody has known you as Cal. Uh, you know, you know, you've you've talked about before on how people recognize you as that now. Has it grown even more now where, you know, even, you know, go back five years ago and with the cult status growing, you know, is it the kind of situation now where you're going into a grocery store and people are like, Halloween Town 2, I know you. Uh, yeah, it happens a little bit more nowadays than it did a little little while ago. Uh, it is funny, you know, because I'm not used to too much of that, but sometimes somebody would be like, wait, usually it's wait a second, who are you? I know you from somewhere. What have you been in? And then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you've seen me, maybe not. Maybe we just passed each other at the gas station. And then I'll bring up Halloween Town. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, yes, you are Cal. And that's usually when the light bulb really goes off. But the initial first part is, I know you. Wait a second. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been fun. I, I love to see the light in someone's eyes when they recognize you. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I love that movie. You were my childhood. We get that a lot. You were my childhood. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. So nice to be part of your childhood. Well, you know, and with that too, then, you know, being part of people's childhood, things like that, that's, of course, looking back at, you know, your own time, you know, making these films, you know, going back, making this film, become a, a DCOM classic here, I guess. What are some of your takeaways or fondest memories that you have being on set while filming, you know, the iconic Halloween Town 2? Oh, there's so many great memories. Um, I mean, working with such a talented cast as, as Kimberly J. Brown, she's amazing, and Debbie Reynolds it was an icon. Just getting a chance to actually be able to work with those two ladies was—I mean, it was, it was a blessing. It was—it was an amazing. It's like I would pinch myself every day and go, "I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. This is like summer camp every day. This is amazing." Now, now with that too, being on the set and filming with you know, like you said, such legends, Debbie Reynolds, and of course, you know, Kimberly, and and you know, being part on these sets. Now, when you weren't on camera. Was there a lot of fun, bonding, hijinks? Were you, did, did it feel like you were just one big, great, happy family? It did. I mean, it did in ways, and in, in other ways, everyone is do, still doing their job and everything. So there, there's a lot of a lot of wheels that need to be turned while you're you're filming and everything. But everyone got along great. I mean, we filmed uh, the second one up in Vancouver, Canada. So we were out of the country, like, it, and it really was like sleepaway camp up there. And then with with Debbie being so amazing, just running around singing and dancing and cracking jokes, she just she made everything just just light and fun. Now going back to when that originally premiered on the Disney Channel, you know, uh, you know, height of Halloween, everyone's excited for it. The biggest takeaways like that, I guess. What was it like when you finally sat back and was able to watch the entire film? Uh, you know, put together, edited, ready to go. I mean, were you kind of taken away, or were you just more sitting there going? Uh, you know, kind of critiquing yourself, going, oh, I could have done that better or that better? Or were you just, like, lost in the story? Well, as an actor, you're always looking at your performance, going, oh, I could have that, done that. Ooh, that was the moment I did there. I mean, you're you're a lot more critical on yourself as an actor than hopefully everybody else is. Oh, my gosh, I hope they're not as critical as, as I am on myself. Uh, but it really was super fun to be able to watch the movie from beginning to end, because while you're there pretending to do the magic, there's no magic around you while you're filming. You're you're zapping nothing, and 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 lightning bolts are coming out of nothing, and there's I mean you you see none of that. So when you can actually see what they did with it and go, oh, that's what they were getting at with that thing, and that's what they decided to do there. 
it really, really brings it to life, all of the hard work that we put together, jumping around, acting like bats were flying down or getting on a broom and flying away when in real life you're not doing that. So it's, it's cool to be able to see all of that put together and stuff. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Now, with that, too, like you said, because you're pretending a lot of these things, I, I kind of remember going back way when that you said, you know, when you were in your harness, you know, there was almost like this uh, your life flashing before your eyes moment uh, while you were filming. Am I correct at that? Oh, well, yeah, there, there was one take where uh, right at the end where we're at the big dance and everything and I'm up in the rafters. We actually did put me up in the rafters, which was amazing. I was, I don't know, 25 feet up in the air or something with this big giant book doing the spell. And then when I go to jump down, they had me in a harness and I was supposed to be lowered like fairly slowly onto the stage and then they were going to speed it up or whatever movie magic they were going to do. And the first take, something had happened with the harness and it, it came undone and I just fell like straight down right onto the stage uh, about 20 feet up. But luckily, you know, luckily I landed flat footed. Um, and, you know, right when you land, there's a shock, but I didn't hear anyone yell cut. So I was just like, no, the show must go on. So I'm still trying to like zap while I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, that was crazy. And then finally they cut and they're like, what happened? And I, I'm like, I don't know what happened. What happened? I'm so glad I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, was that the only take that they did of that scene, too? So when you're watching the film, that is the take in the film? No, they, no, that was actually, I think you could probably see the pained expression on my face after I landed and tried to keep going that they were like, oh, you know, I mean, that's authentic, but that's the wrong moment we're looking for there. So let's do another <laughs> couple of takes. So, yeah, I think after a couple more, we got it. <laughs> Now but that's movie, that's movie making for you. You know, you never really know what you're gonna get. See, it goes beyond just saying lines. You know, you, you're you're giving it your all, even through the pain for the fans. That's right. You know, you, you always got to keep it going for the art. <laughs> now, I guess with you know, Halloween Town has continued to grow, and there's a lot of gatherings and events, and you've gone to a lot of these. Now, when you go to the events, I guess what are some of the biggest takeaways, or some of the I guess over the top fans that you have encountered that are the most memorable that you've seen at some of these gatherings you've been to? Well, I tell you that the energy of the whole gatherings are what really strikes me is amazing. Is when you're there, because I never really grew up going to the Comic Cons and the fright fests and stuff like that so to be able to see it as an adult to go there and just to know that it's complete like-minded energy from the thousands of people that are there i mean if people come from all walks of life you know like like truckers and store clerks and teachers and young kids and old people and they all dress up and they all are just super super happy to be there and they all love that kind of stuff so to be able to get to meet the fans there especially is I mean, it's so rewarding because everybody is just so happy to be there, and including me, to be able to be part of that and everything. So it's 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 a blessing to be able to still bring smiles to people's faces after all these years. Well, well, you know, and with that, too, like you said, you know, being able to bring these smiles and the energy and all that. Now, with that energy, of course, comes you have many years, many years in between different things. What was it like reuniting with much of the cast and all the people that you worked with on these films? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, I would manage to keep in touch here and there over the years with certain people to cast and everything. And, and it is kind of like getting together with old friends and old family members if you haven't seen them in a while and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, it really is a bonding experience. I'm sure the rest of the cast is a little bit more bonded than I, I am with them because I did one movie and they did 
three movies, four movies, or 12 movies. How many Halloween Towns are there now? Like Halloween 13 now? Halloween Town 14? <laughs> How many do we got going on? Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's great to be able to still get together with some people here and there and reminisce and see how they're doing and stuff like that because, you know, making a movie, making a TV show, all that stuff is a pretty bonding experience because you guys are, you're in the trenches together, you know, going through the stuff, you know, trying to create magic, literally and figuratively. Definitely. You know, and like you said, yeah, there, you know, there were four Halloween Town movies. Um, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes I like to say only three because, you know, Kimberly was only in three of them. And, you, you, you know, as much as I like Sarah Paxton, you can't replace Marnie. It's just the way it is. But personal preference there. But, you know, with that, though, you know, are you game for them to finally bring Cal back? I mean, you know, right now we are in the land of resurgence and reboots and all these great things. Wouldn't it be awesome if now Cal's an adult and he comes back once again to wreak or, you know, just spread the havoc to everything when they just thought he was gone? Well, you, you know, ne you never know. Stranger things have happened. I did at the end of it fly away and they say he'll be back and we'll be waiting. And then I just never came back. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, uh, I got other things to do, and I guess Cal never came back. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd totally be up for it. I mean, it was so much fun the first time, and with all of the reboots and the nostalgia going on, and the, the cult following and the fans growing, I'm sure, you know, everybody would love it. You know what they could do is they could bring it back and then really have a twist. You know, have the whole point where you know Cal comes back, he's trying to wreak havoc, and then he actually ends up, you know, him and him and Marnie actually do get together, and then start a family. Well, yeah, that, that's one scenario that could possibly happen. You never know. Never know what could happen there. Right, you could have a greater villain. So I guess with that, you know, you know, Halloween Town, before we move on to a couple other things here, I guess with that then, you know, it, it airs all the time. Disney Channel, I can guarantee it's probably going to be on Disney+. Plus. Um, right now it's on the Disney Now app, uh, all those different places. I guess with that... When it's on TV, do you ever find yourself just stopping for a second and then continuing on flipping the channels? Or, you know, you kind of look back and it's kind of looking through this photo album of memories and this moment in time that you're never going to forget? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stop and watch a little bit of it. I mean, I won't stop and watch the whole thing. Like, oh, great, Halloween Town 2 is on. i got to watch it for the 375th time. <laughs> you know, because I kind of remember it a little bit differently. But, yeah, it is cool to be able to watch the scenes and to know, you know, to have the memories of where we were at when we were filming that and what was going on and, you know, inside jokes or certain memories that you have and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like a... It's like a throwback Thursday every time you see it, you know? Definitely. Now, I guess uh, with that, too, with the Comic-Cons and the gatherings and things like that, you know, I, I guess in the in, maybe coming up in 2020, things like that, do you do you have any, I guess, have you been approached or anything about uh, going to any of these Comic-Cons or Wizard Worlds or any meet and greets and, uh, you know, sitting there and meeting the fans? Um, yeah, I've been approached a couple of times here and there. I know, I know Kimberly, uh, she's been approached a lot and she has managed to be able to travel around and meet fans all over and uh, I believe she has one coming up um, at the end of this month a celebrity fan fest in Texas I believe it'll be at the end of this month that she'll be there greeting fans and everything uh, basically I've pretty much stayed local with doing that like the LA Comic Con and stuff that I can just drive down and everything but she'll fly all over and meet everybody so it's I mean it's just it's a really cool thing especially this time of season People get so festive with it and everything, so it's always fun to meet the fans. Definitely, you know, and you always have the newer fans, too. Like I said, I have four kids, and they've all grown up now watching Cal. So, you know, it, 
it, it's it's you have a whole new fan base for a new generation. Now, aside from you know acting, and you've been in things like Triple Time and many other things, uh, you know, on your on your resume there, you're also venturing into bringing other people's dreams coming to life too. You know, I love to put it that way because especially where you're located, you know, being out there, being in California, you've also ventured into real estate. Am I right? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm a, I'm a licensed, trained professional realtor now, helping people buy and sell homes, you know, helping people get into the homes of their dreams and sell a property if they're looking to move on to something else, And which is it's so much more rewarding than I could have ever imagined it being, you know, because it's one of the biggest financial decisions and the biggest decisions you can make in your life. So to be able to help people and guide them through that to make sure everything works out for them is just unbelievable, completely rewarding. Definitely. You know, and it's the kind of thing, like you said, it's one of those where, you know, you're, you're helping people. It, it is a big decision. You get that first home or you're moving to a new home or things like that. I, I guess with that, is there just that, that kind of, like you said, that rewarding feeling when you see them finally, like, this is our home. This is their next phase. And even if you don't ever talk to them again, you just, you, you kind of feel with them in that moment. Oh, you do. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is going through that whole process with them because Finding a home, putting in an offer on the home, opening escrow, all of that stuff isn't like a one-week process. It can be, you know, a month and a half, two months. It can take you six months to even find a home for somebody. So you get to know people really well because you're traveling around with them, showing them homes, giving them advice. You become friends in a way. So it's it's really, you know, meeting meeting more and more people and getting to know more and more people and see how people tick and what their interests are and getting different points of view and then helping them with the home. And, you know, a lot of people end up becoming really good friends out of it, which is, it's great. Definitely, definitely rewarding as well. Like you said, it's one of those where you are in that process with them. And like I said, being in California, you know, it's one of those where to me, I think the location itself is a, uh, is a big seller, of course, cause I'm all the way across the country, you know? So it's to me, I'm like, all right, I want to find a home in, in California and call upon Daniel to maybe find me something. Well, I tell you what, if you ever want to come on out here, I'll totally help you find a home. <laughs> now, I, uh, you know, we, we know you're busy. Lots of different things going on, of course. Now, I guess, uh, you know, we're celebrating our ninth annual Not-So-Scary month-long Halloween celebration. So with that, I know you've been, you know, you're part of Halloween Town too. Everybody knows Cal, but... When it comes to just Halloween itself, what are what's I guess what's your number one favorite must-watch Halloween film, and how do you love to celebrate the season? Ooh, oh, that's a big question right there. There's so many great ones. Um, I do love, I do love obviously Hocus Pocus and the Halloween Town franchises, but uh, Sleepy Hollow is a really good one. I like that one a lot. Uh, I like to cozy on up and have some hot chocolate and popcorn and watch a Sleepy Hollow or two. Um, actually, I need to get Kim to watch that because Kimberly hasn't hasn't actually watched that yet. So uh, I think I'll push for that one this year for her to watch. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> usually it's uh, you know some friends having a nice little costume party or something like that, and finding a funny, fun little costume and going and seeing what everybody else dresses up as and bobbing for apples and the whole traditional. Fun thing. Very cool. Yeah, Halloween, definitely my favorite time of the year. So, you know, definitely fun. So I'm glad you could stop back in once again, you know, come back, celebrate the season with us. You know, all of our listeners out there love hearing from, you know, you, everyone from Halloween Town. It's one of those things, like you said, where it has now been passed on to generations and my kids grow up with it as well. So I guess you are welcome back anytime you want to stop in, chat with it, take that trip down memory lane, maybe meet that over the top Cal fan who's, you know, just, uh, you never 
know where you're going to get somebody who's going to be in full Cal garb waiting for you to, like, autograph their chest or something. That would be amazing. I mean, Cal was a pretty snappy dresser. I mean, he had, like, the leather jacket and the the gator skin shoes and the black slacks. I'm like, well, you know, he, he was cool. He was He was real cool. He was a bad guy, but he was real cool. <laughs> well, Daniel, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us once again, and, you know, happy Halloween, and you are welcome back anytime. My pleasure, Jonathan, and hey, happy nine-year anniversary. Oh, here she comes now, and she looks so... So pretty! 
In the tradition of timeless family treasures like Pinocchio and Snow White comes Disney's 11th animated masterpiece, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. What is it? It's the story of two classic characters who prove the greatest adventure of all is making your dreams come true. What have I been missing? Pass the dream along to your family. Come along, we'll go for a jolly ride. Own Disney's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Now on video for the first time. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with the Wonderful Women of Disney, a new segment that shines a light on women from the Walt Disney Company's past and present. Being normal is vastly overrated, and Debbie Reynolds, who played everyone's favorite grandma, Aggie Cromwell, in Halloween Town, was anything but. Born in 1932, her 70-year-long career began when she was discovered at the Miss Burbank Contest in 1948 by MGM Studios. Shortly after, she began co-starring in a string of movie musicals, and in 1952, she got her big break playing opposite Gene Kelly in the classic Singing in the Rain, which was by far her most successful feature film. During the 50s and 60s, she recorded several hit records, and during the 70s and 80s, she spent ample time on the Broadway stage and performing cabaret shows. But it was in the late 1990s that she came into the Disney family, starring in the first Halloween Town movie in 1998. A few years later brought Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Halloween Town High, and in 2006, Return to Halloween Town. Kimberly J. Brown said that working with Debbie on the Halloween Town films was an amazing adventure. According to Brown, she was always in awe of her fierce spirit. She had that unique ability to stand up for what she believed in, all while doing it with such grace and respect for others. Whether it was a crew member, fan, or fellow actor, everyone mattered to her, and she made sure they felt appreciated. That always stuck with her. We can't get enough of the campy, nostalgic spookiness that is Halloween Town. It's truly Disney Channel in all its glory. On top of the Halloween Town films, Reynold did voiceover work for Disney, including Madam and Kiki's Delivery Service, and Nana Possible and Kim Possible. Reynolds passed away in December of 2016, just one day after losing her daughter, Carrie Fisher, most famous for having portrayed Princess Leia, later General Organa, in the Star Wars films. Though Debbie Reynolds isn't an official Disney legend, she sure is in our books. Elastigirl said it best. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. We can handle this. Have a nice day. Which witch is which? Can you tell me please? Oh, which witch is which? Is it me or do they all look alike? The one is on a broom. And one is on a bike. Which witch is which? They've all got crooked noses. Which witch is which? They all have curly toes. Is this making sense? To say that they're identical as black cats on a fence. We witches never wear a thing that's sporty. Sporty. Baby suits and sneakers are taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But witches' noses are always Stack the back 
always for snacks. I think that they should all wear numbers on their backs. Which, which is which? It's just so confusing. Which, which is which? I think I may be losing my little mind. But everywhere I find witches come with just one kind. Just for you. With Jonathan Winters, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Ichabod Crane, and the Headless Horseman in the legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's the Halloween Hall of Fame coming up next. Our story begins after these important messages. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company now on DizRadio.com. Hey, D-Heads, I hope you're enjoying our not-so-scary month-long celebration here on DizRadio.com and as well, all the wonderful fall activities that's around the corner and as well, just maybe locally if you have a uh, some hankering for some coffee and some smartphone device updates well this segment is definitely for you let's go ahead and jump over to starbucks for those who enjoy a hot beverage coffee at your local starbucks or you like the smell going through 
uh, a store that has coffee that features Starbucks. Well, Starbucks has a secret menu that does just debuted for this holiday season. Now, this is a limited time, a secret menu, and it was also spotted by TotallyTheBomb.com. Yeah, TotallyTheBomb.com found this secret menu over at Starbucks. Now, this secret menu features some um, different types of Java chips and, and a Frappuccino style drink. Now, the only way to order this secret menu, you have to specify to your barista over while you're at the store or in the drive-thru. Now, you can choose any size and you can, for example, use Venti so you can actually get the full experience. A little bit extra money there, but when you accent order the menu, here's the specific tagline you have to use. I'll repeat it. So, white mocha java chip frappuccino. Now, you have to add whipped cream on the top and a few whole java chips on the whipped cream base. Then with whipped cream, dust it with matcha and cookie crumbles. And if they don't have the cookie crumbles, you can ask for more java chips if, it's, uh, if they have more available. So again, it's a white mocha java chip frappuccino with whipped cream on the bottom of the drink with a few whole java chips on top of the whipped cream as the base. Then top with uh, whipped cream dusted with matcha and cookie crumbles and if they again if they don't have the cookie crumbles ask for more java chips and this drink really looks fantastic from uh, the pictures that's been featuring on there and it's uh consistently a, a very like a frothy type of drink and my mouth is already ooh, ooh it's already ooh, mm, lip smacking good that's that's what it is it consists of a light brown burlap color like a creamy color with little bits of Java trip, uh, Java chips that kind of resembles the creepy crawlies that's in Oogie Boogie's interior. You know, the little black creepy bug stuff, you can say. Now, the matcha powder that's on top really gives the, the, the coloring, the green creepy color that uh, gives it the liveliness of Oogie Boogie. You know, he's green. And Oogie Boogie's from the Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. If you haven't seen that or have a long time haven't seen the movie, that's who he is. And if not, you can kind of Google it on YouTube or, you know, on your, that type of deal, you know? You, you, get, you, get the, you get the idea. Anyways, yeah, Oogie Boogie's like this, like a plush type of spooky green goblin-like character. Let's leave it at that, yeah. Now, with that, you, it's pretty much that nice creaminess. So you're looking like a brown, creamy, almost like a marshmallow color, color like in the middle, and that green powder, matcha powder, and the java chips. Ooh, now that looks fantastic. And and the taste, ooh, I can't wait to try it either. It just debuted, and it's on the secret menu. And, you can, and it's only available a limited time over at your local Starbucks. Again, you make sure you say the tagline uh, very specific so to your barista so they can get the drink right. And of course, white mocha, java chip frappuccino with whipped cream on the bottom and with a few whole chunks of java chips on top for the cream base, then whipped cream on top with dusted with matcha cookie crumbles. And if they don't have that, just ask for more java chips. And there you have it. There's the Oogie Boogie secret menu um, frappuccino drink that's available for a limited time at your local Starbucks. So if you're a coffee fan and myself, Let's go over and head over and drink and cheers, especially for this time of fall season. Let's go ahead and switch over gears to the My Disney Experience app that just got recently updated for this time of season. Now, for those who are just about to go on their Walt Disney World Resort around this type of season, of course, the fall season with Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, that's a big hit that just early started this uh, earlier, and it seems like they're going to do it earlier and earlier at this rate. 
but there's a new update if you haven't updated your smartphone devices on iOS and Android. Now this new update gives a more streamlined user-friendly experience, and as well not a battery hog like it used to on the previous updates. Of course, yes, you, the Wi-Fi in the parks does kind of give a little drain, but there's some little tips I, I will give you just to make sure you're maximizing this app. Now, with the new update, be sure to ask your parents or guardians for permission to update it if you don't have the update experience already. You just download on Google Play or on Apple App Store for the new update. Uh, for my case, I usually delete it and then just get a refresh because sometimes that thing gives me some buggy issues. But that's just me on an older device. Now, for those who are newer, go to the App Store. You might see an app icon. Go ahead, hit update, and let it download. Once it downloads, you'll see a new screen that features the same fireworks display. You'll see a little hidden Mickey appears. So that still is the same, but once it, the app updates, it gives a brand new pop-up feature, which shows all your new inf vacation information in a new streamed way. And with your upcoming vacation, it has all your complete dates, locations, and it's just under the Magic, uh, Magic Kingdom Park map. Now, tapping this will give you this users the ability to see all the new upcoming information of their resort uh, reservation. Now, under the upcoming vacation information and on the home screen are sh shown as the following features like shop Disney Park merchandise, the Play Disney Parks app, which is a whole other feature app in itself, all the fun of fun activities, which contains more information about Disney After Hours, Disney H2O, and of course, that's the H2O Glow Night over at uh, Typhoon Lagoon. Of course, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party that's happening now. Parks, hours, my plans, and so on and so forth. Now, with that little banner, if you look at the bottom of the app, it has a new little uh, features with a tagline, all the, like, your home, um, your map, magnifying glass, and as well, more information about the app previously about the special events with the new feature called plus button. The plus button is just a little icon on the bottom, which will give you more information like how to get your Disney uh, fast passes and reservation features. You can reserve dining, you can order your food at select restaurants, of course you can shop at the My uh, Memory Maker, and of course if you need more tickets and passes, you can hit that button as well. So with that, you can have more ways to get your hard to get reservation for food or <clears throat> reservation dining, or you can quickly want to grab a snack over one of the, that has features to uh, order food, pick the food that you want, add your credit card or which is already tagged in. If not, you can add it to your reservation and follow the GPS location to it, to the location. So by the time you get there, boom, your food is all ready. All you have to do is wait in line for your food. Now, that's pretty cool. And as well, of course, a nice way that they updated it's a little bit more user-friendly on your battery. Of course, if you're using your phone in the parks, that Wi-Fi will try to really eat up your battery. And of course, you're using all this LR data too, so be aware of that. So of course, if you have the map already taken care of, you know where to go, fantastic. If not, take a screenshot of it where it's making it easier, just in case if the cellular is kind of a little glitchy or the Wi-Fi seems to be kind of spotty in the area where you're at, Take a picture of it, and if you need to make any additional changes, go ahead, log on, and try to connect to the My Disney Experience app. Of course, you can use it through the mobile web browser on your mobile device as well. Sign in and make any additional changes if you need to on the go, which just makes it really fun and easy to for for those who are constantly updating their Disney parks and their um, ways around the park, just in case of some inclement weather seems to dampen down your trip or any other fun things you would like to add to your Disney reservation. Well, this is Randy signing up for Disney's Multimedia. 
be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses taste buds alerted with the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Happy Halloween, guys. Have a fantastic fall season. The following presentation will demonstrate how to haunt the living. But before we begin, one must be... <laughs> Not living. The fine specimen observed here is commonly known as a ghost. Ghost? Where? Why, you, my friend. Me? Yes, you have just joined the ranks of the supernatural. Oh, that explains what all that racket was out there. <laughs> hey, I'm not ready to be dearly deported. Don't you worry. It's only temporary. Just long enough for you to demonstrate how to haunt a house. Step one, choose a house to haunt. Finding the right house is all about location, location, location. And what better place to look than the classified ads. Ooh, let's see here. Creaking hardwood floors. Fog and shrouded breakfast nook and formal dying room. <laughs> Perfect! Oh, haunt and I will go. Haunt and I will go. I hold the Mario. Ooh. Oh, haunt and I will go. Be sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. All right, all of you D-Heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was lots of fun going back down to Halloween Town once again. And thank you once again, Daniel, for stopping in. I'd like to extend that very special thank you for you to stop back in here at the show, share in the festivities, and have all kinds of fun with us. You truly are part of this cult classic that gets passed on to generations. And as I mentioned, it is even passed on to my own children as well. And remember, if anyone's looking for a home, contact Daniel as well because he's going to be able to hook you up and why not get the full wizard Calabar treatment when you're looking for your home definitely check it out. Thank you, Daniel, once again for stopping in here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team because without them, there would be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And of course, all Halloween, I'd be talking about how much fun Halloween is only. So I'd like to extend that thank you to Aaron, Charles, Jeremy, Caitlin, and Randy, all stopping in with their signature segments, adding with the fun, the magic, the memories, and so much more. And remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. They don't bite. They definitely do want to hear from you. And most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we are here for nine years. We are coming up on our 10-year anniversary in 2020. You are the reason we come back at you. You are the reason we are back after a short hiatus. You are the ones that keep this show thriving and going. So thank you, the D-Heads. You truly are the backbone of Diz Radio. So next week, we're going to continue on with our annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration with more Halloween fun, spooks, ghouls, and of course, some very special guests. And I'm not, before I give you a clue as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. 
Podcast.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group as well, where we talk about parks, movies, you name it. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio. D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magic, unique, and this month, ghoulishly, frightfully fun, Disney kind of show. So remember, you can find all of these and more. If you want to stay connected as well, instantly, you just can't wait. You need the magic in your ears every single week. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, you name it, and get the latest shows as they get released right there to listen to every single week as soon as they are published. And if you can't remember any of this, just go to our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. And finally, all of you D-heads, yes, those are all the different ways you can stay connected. We are looking for D-team. So I am putting the call out. If you want to join up with Diz Radio as we continue to grow in 2020 with our 10-year anniversary, if you're looking to be part of a show, drop us a line at DizRadio at gmail.com. Drop us a line and help get involved, whether that's on air, off air, being an archivist, being a writer, a blogger, you name it. We are looking for all kinds of spots here at Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, next week we're continuing on with our ninth annual Diz Radio Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration. And with that, we have some special guests stopping in here at the show. It's two guests that you know very well. They're reoccurring guests here at the show. And I'm just going to leave it at that, because if you're a longtime listener, you know who we're talking about. And if you're not, I can guarantee you can go to the podcast archives and figure it out. So until next week, all of you D-heads, go out there, pick those pumpkins, have fun, and remember, make the memories, make the magic. Never neglect family for business. You can always make money, you can't always make the memories. So go out there, make the memories, make the magic, carve those pumpkins, eat the candy corn, make pumpkin seeds, figure out your costumes, or just sit up, cuddle up, and watch a scary movie. Make it the most magical October you possibly could have. Like I said, never neglect family for business, and it truly is a statement I live by. So until next week, all VD heads, happy Halloween season, and make the magic this weekend. Boom.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.